T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. One more hour. And I'll be filling in here for Bowerly on WBEN. My name is Ryan Recker. If you want to find me online, I have a website I put together, social media links, things like that. I do a podcast with my wife, RyanRecker.com. It's all listed on there. Would you put a chip in your brain? I think a lot of people have been debating the concept. And some people, I think, are very comfortable with the idea of chipping their body if the convenience is there. There have been workplaces that offer, let's say, a chip into your hand. And you can use that in exchange of like, I don't know, you don't need your card key anymore. Or you can put it over a scanner and you can pay for something because it's linked to your bank accounts that way. Some people like the convenience of not having to carry things. I guess it could work in a car in that sense, too. But other people look at it as, hey, this is a huge, uh, I, I don't know, you're talking about putting a piece of electronics in my brain. What's the benefit? What's going to work? Some people are lining up. They want the idea of what this could bring to the table. So Elon Musk introduces this this week, and they've been working on this Neuralink for a while. And before I've only heard him talk about it, this was the first time I've actually seen it demonstrated. Would you allow this implant in your brain if it meant you were capable of doing so much more with your life? 716-803-0930. Or how about this? What would it take for you to put a chip in your brain? What would it take? I mean, what, what would the benefit have to be in order for you to do it? 716-803-0930. We'll take your calls and text here. And part of the demonstration that they had with Neuralink is they had different animal pens. And they said, okay, let's look at this animal. This animal is able to uh, live and it looks just fine and everything's normal. And, hey, look, here's a pig. We put the chip in the pig's brain, and then we took the chip out to demonstrate that we can do that, and there was no damage to the brain, and everything's good. Now let's watch this monkey. And they would bring out a video, and you'd see the monkey be able to try and attempt to type something into a keyboard. And Elon Musk, while you see this up on the screen of what's going on, he says, to be clear, he's not actually using a keyboard. He's moving the cursor with his mind to the highlighted key. Now, technically, he can't spell, so I don't want to oversell the thing, but that's the next version. I think about all the different things that could change if, let's say, they just automatically start implanting chips into animals' heads. Do we all instantly become vegans at that point? So if you're a farmer or you're anyone and you put a chip into a cow's brain and it says to you clearly through the brain, please don't eat me, would you still be able to eat that cow? Honestly, I don't know if I could. 
Like, I'd, I'd be a little worried, too. You put the chip in the pig's brain, and it says, it's very painful when you chop me up for bacon. Oh, man. Do I say, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, line it up. Get the burgers ready. Do I say that? No, I don't know. I think that could change a lot of people's opinions. Mostly speaking, the early benefit for the Neuralink brain implant is to try to help people with disabilities or some sort of brain uh, disability. So some kind of maybe you had a stroke and you weren't able to recover some of your movement, but it's all neurological. Maybe this brain can help put the neurons back together and you can start functioning again. What if some of these different problems that we've had in the past with people walking because of brain injuries or spinal injuries, we can put a chip in there and it starts to rebuild things and helps them be able to gain some function in their life, then I would think people would then say, yes, go ahead, put it in my brain. That would be the right time to do it, though, right? But other than that, what would they have to do in order to convince someone like me to put it in? And I don't think there's much of anything. One of the um, things they taught about it is that you can function higher. So let's say they put this in, and much like adding a computer uh, or like, how about this? Like you have a smartphone, right? And you have the ability to access information. But at one time you didn't. So you had to learn equations for math class. You had to learn how to conduct calculations in your head. Sometimes it's something as simple as trying to calculate a tip. That's something that's very practical. Sometimes it's a little bit more. Sometimes you're doing some, you know, very mind intensive things, but we've kind of made it so the smartphone takes care of it. We use that convenience of that technology and we rely on it, lean on it. What if that technology was in your head? So instead of you looking at your cell phone, you're able to do complex calculations in your head. What kind of benefits would that be? And what kind of benefits would you have with that? Just in general, let's say you're an investment uh, investment baker or you're someone into finances and you have to use your brain in order to calculate the risk of something. You're able to do it a lot quicker. And let's say you're an athlete and your body is just uh, super strong. Uh, you can do everything. You're a quarterback. And you put this thin there, your uh, chip in your brain. And what if it makes you 10% more capable of reading the field and knowing where the right placement of that ball should go? What if you are fill in the blank, anything, whatever field, whatever type of job that you have, what if it makes you 10% better and they put this brain in there and all of a sudden, boom, you get the promotion you wanted. What if, because you're smarter, it puts you in a different class of people? What if you're now chipped and they look at that very favorably when it comes to the hiring process? Now you can get one of those high executive jobs because you're chipped and all those other people refuse to get chipped. What if this does create some sort of second-class citizen, those that refuse to get chipped? Would you get it then? When we talk about student loans... I'm going, to, I'm going to relay this into the way we look at student loans because I think there's a comparable analogy of what's going on today. When we talk about the life uh, the expectancy and the earning expectancy of a person over their life, a lot of times you say if you have a college education, you're expected to earn more money over your lifetime, thus you'll be happier because you'll be more stable. And you'll be able to use that field in a way that you're able to be more fulfilled. You're able to follow a study that makes your life easier because you're more fulfilled in what you do. And there's all these benefits to a college education. And it kind of like leads you to the point where before you used to be able to get away with just having a high school degree, you can get a factory job working at one of the auto plants and still have a nice retirement waiting for you because you could be taken care of. Now, 
that's gone, right? You don't see a lot of the different factory jobs with a high school education that pay really well. You don't see a lot of pensions anymore, things like that. Times have changed. But there was a certain point where, you know, college education was nice. You might be able to get a good job, but you were still able to find something without a high school education. What if the chip thing works the same way? What if, let's say, the chip is like having a high uh, a college education and no chip means it's like a high school or lower, never graduated now, all of a sudden, your expectancy over the course of your life to be able to earn for your family and do the things you want are there. But without it, you don't have the same advantages. Thus, you're at a disadvantage, and they may pass on you. Could it be possible that we look at technology that way and the way that they want to implant the brain? I think that could be a possibility if this thing works the way they say it works. They've only tried it on animals so far. But let's point out, they have petitioned the FDA and said, okay, we're ready for human trials. They're just waiting on the FDA approval. That could be next. Let's go to John, who's holding on to the line. Uh, 716-803-0930. John, welcome to WBEN. Hello. Yeah, hi. Um, you know, this whole talk of chip implants and making enhanced humans kind of sounds like Blade Runner, you know? A little bit, yeah. What happens in Blade Runner? You'll have to remind me. It's been forever since I've seen it. Um, so... The premise of Blade Runner is just uh, there's a corporation that makes genet uh, humans who are modified, so they have enhanced strength, they have faster, uh, you know, thought processes, and then these humans are are used to do like labor that no one wants to do, so like law enforcement or like deep sea welding, you know, all, all kinds of stuff like that. It's pretty cool, um, but I'm I'm calling in because um, from what it sounds like, this whole implant is probably going to be just for something similar to um, the pacemaker, you know? Uh, yeah. You could argue, hey, if I get a pacemaker, like I, if, if, if you're healthy, you know, and you, you get a pacemaker installed, you say, hey, if my heart gives out, I can now have this pacemaker to back up, you know, the signaling in my heart. So now I, I win both ways. Um, mm -hmm. But the thing with surgery and, you know, that kind of stuff is there's always a risk. And that is an unnecessary risk to, you know, go that deep or, what have you? I'm, I'm not sure how invasive the, the chip is, if it's in the brain or if it just is below the scalp, which in, in that case, it, it might be different. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I think you're going to find this is just going to be for people who have strokes, who have, you know, uh, can't see. They, they have to be a physical weakness from an yeah. injury or something. So, Well, this is what they point out in the big picture. They say that a lot of ways it can decode brain signals like they're doing with the monkey, and it shows them using it, what would essentially be a virtual keyboard to communicate with other people. And they say that, what's the human application for that? Well, what if you have ALS, or let's say you have some other disability where you're unable to use your limbs, and you're not Stephen Hawking, uh, you don't have the uh, capability of, you know, being able to communicate in some way, and you're just fully, you know, outside of the realm of communicating with people. You put this chip in, what if they could still have brain functioning, and that way they can communicate with the rest of the world? Maybe there's that type of application for this, not for the people that perhaps don't need it, but the, for the ones that do need it. Yeah, and that's that's where I really see it's probably going to go because, you know, again, there's the risk of unnecessary surgery. I mean, if, if you go for back surgery, it's like, yeah, that's, that's not a good idea. That's not the best, you know, solution. Um, yeah. And plus, if this chip really did enhance mental cap uh, capabilities, you know, I, there could be talk of privilege, you know. You're, you're, you're rich. You, you can afford the chip implant. You can do calculus in your head in five seconds, you know. Um, so that's going to open up all, all kinds of ethical issues, too. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, let's look at 
what society values today. I mean, Kardashians are billionaires, and look how they got their money. So I don't know if you need yeah, a course. chip to do that. <laughs> you never Take know. pictures of your back end, yeah. <laughs> John, thank you very much for the call. All right, so this whole chip, I do have a conspiracy theory with this, and I— I don't think it works this way, but I want to bring it up to you after the break. 716-803-0930. So I do have a, what sounds like a conspiracy theory when it comes to these brain chips, and it's very easy to come up with them, but I, I want to share that with you in a moment. Before we do, let's go to Julia at Niagara Falls. She's calling in. Welcome to WBEN. What's going on? Hi, how are you? Good. Okay, so this whole chip thing, what... I mean, the perfect thing that I would love to see done with this is to help humanity first. Um, how about putting it to in your brain to to eliminate having epilepsy and seizures? How about in your brain to help the kid who can't sit still because he's got ADHD instead of giving him a, a ton of Ritalin, if this chip can help with that? What about for combat veterans that... that cannot be part of society anymore due to the brain injuries that they sustained from, from the, you know, from the ground attacks and, and the explosions. Uh, that to me would be the perfect beginning for this. And then, like you said earlier, like people who had strokes and, and don't have the mo mobility, it would be wonderful to help them come back. Um, yeah. But, I mean, honestly, do you think it's going to come out of the gate like that? I mean, I don't know. Anything coming from the upper echelon, you know, are they going to do that to help society on that level or, you know, go to, like you said, to give everybody the ability to be, you know, 10% or 15% better than the average guy? Right. It doesn't mean that if you add 10% brain function to someone, it doesn't mean they'll use it in a smart way or even a legal way, but nonetheless... <laughs> Um, can I give you some of my other concerns with this? So they sure. say that this chip would have Bluetooth capability. So it would, it would be able to, basically, you'd be able to use your smartphone without actually looking at it. You could just like, you know, it just be able to communicate with it that way. Type with your mind, essentially, text messages, things like that. So then I thought, well, if it's reading the synapses and your neurons and it's it's learning about your brain and it's communicating that way then who's to say it's not monitoring what's coming out of your brain when you're not using it to send messages to whatever tech company wants to use that data and I'm like okay oh. another great way for tech companies to steal our data because we give them the option to go straight into our brain that's scary but i'm going to go a step further okay this is where it gets real conspiratorial <laughs> Now, since this is Elon Musk, and since he has Starlink up in operation, Starlink is the satellite internet that's being offered across the world. What if somehow this chip talks directly to his satellite and they can communicate back and forth with each other without the use of an electronic device like a smartphone? And the grand scheme of things is that you can just automatically connect yourself to the web or they can automatically mine data from your brain without your consent because all the technology is the same. I can't. Okay. It's that's <laughs> overwhelming. It, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, I it's can't. Overwhelming uh, to me. I mean, just I mean, the first thing that you said about being able to text or type with your mind. Suppose like you're mad at somebody and but you have to send a you know like a professional text 
and then what you know what's it going to take from your brain you you know the the good stuff that you were supposed to text or you know yep. all the bad stuff you're thinking about this person as you're texting so i i don't know it Good point, though. Very interesting. I know, but think, think of the things it can take that you don't want other people to know about. Like the things that have been private in your head have the ability to come out into the open would be a scary thing for a lot of people, uh, myself included. I don't want people to read my mind. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Nope. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. A lot of concerns, Julia. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Yep. You have a great night. If you want, if you want to call or text, uh, it's very simple. You just uh, give us uh, a message there, and I've been keeping an eye on the texting, 716-803-0930 is the number. Uh, one person uh, messaged about the curfew thing from before. One person was talking about vitamin water. So if you want to talk about this chip in the brain, yeah, they are rolling it out. I'll take some more of your calls after the news. We're going to get to that in just a couple of minutes, too. We don't want to be too late there because I get yelled at by the producer whenever I'm too late. Got to get to traffic. Got to get to the news. Okay, I'm, I'm joking about that. But uh, we do want to take your messages right after the break. I'm Ryan Recker filling in on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Not looking forward to that wind later. I'm never a fan of wind. I don't know if you're like me when it gets really windy and you add the rain on top of that, but you're in your house and you're thinking, I hope my house doesn't blow away. <laughs> and you are you know that's not the worst storm you've seen. You know everything's fine. You can rest assured. You can sleep at night. But at the same time, in the back of your mind, you think, uh, is my second story going to blow off? <laughs> I can't be the only one to think about that when gusts of wind get up to 60 miles an hour and you sit there thinking, oh, I hope that roof's on in the morning. You go do a quick inspection later in the night or whatever. I'm Ryan Recker filling in. I, CNN did a story called Tipflation. I was kind of intrigued by that. The idea that we're just kind of burnt out paying tips because everyone's asking you for a tip anymore. I saw a meme online where it says it's not long until the electric company asks for a tip after I pay the bill. <laughs> I hate it so much. Every, they ask you for tips everywhere. I go to buy donuts at the local donut shop. You know what happens? Oh, would you, what, what, what kind of tip would you want to give? Like you, you opened a box 
you put the donuts in the box, you close the box, and you expect that labor to be tipped. <laughs> Why? No. Not everything deserves a tip, period. How many times have you been in scenarios where you go to the counter and they turn the little thing around for you to put your credit card in, and it says, would you, would you like to give a tip? Everything everything has for a tip anymore. Uh, gas pumps, I'm surprised, aren't asking for tips at the pump. But why? Uh, not everything is a tipping scenario. But you feel like you're being shamed into it, and some people don't have the ability to grow a spine and say no at times. And I've been accused of being cheap because I am cheap. Uh, I always tip in certain scenarios, and this is the scenario. If you go into a restaurant and you sit down and they serve you the food, meaning that they bring it to you, that's a tipping scenario. If you go to the counter to pick up your food, like a fast food place, that's not a tipping scenario. If you go to a restaurant where they just give you the food on a tray and they don't actually bring you anything, that's not a tipping scenario to me. If you're at a coffee shop and you go to a counter and they pour the coffee in a cup and hand it to you, that's not a tipping scenario for me. I don't tip in those scenarios. You actually have to do some service to me other than the act of handing me the food. Um, if someone delivers you food, that is a service. You tip that person. But everyone's different. And CNN did a story on this because... I, being the cheap old guy that yells at people to get off my lawn, I'm that guy. Get off my lawn, kid. I'm watching you. Or if someone walks a dog by and it looks like the dog's thinking about taking a squat, I'm the guy that opens up the front door and say, hey, keep it moving. Maybe I don't do that exactly, but in my mind, I, I think I want to do that. But it turns out me as being what they call a geriatric millennial, I'm on a millennial on the old side, Apparently, the young generation, the ones that are like 18 to 25, feel the exact same way. They are getting tired of everyone asking for a tip. And CNN did a story on it. 18% gratuity is already included in the bill. Girl, it's water. Tips. A staple of the I love that. This poor lady, she's like, she buys water and they automatically put a tip on it. 18% gratuity. Are you kidding me? Girl, it's water. Girl, it's water. Girl, it's water. Tips. <laughs> A staple of the service industry now extending far beyond. In the drive-thru and they've been asking for a tip. On TikTok, you'll quickly find folks aren't too pleased about it. Ordering it online myself. It says, would you like to add a tip at the bottom? A tip! You order online and they ask for a tip for ordering on their website? <laughs> What's the purpose? I've never seen a fast food restaurant ask for a tip. Have you? I've never gone through a drive-thru and the tip option was there. That's a little too crazy. I like this lady. Her reaction's the same. I feel this reaction is one I give for many different scenarios. For what? For what? You know, kid asked me, oh, hey, can I get more video game time? Video game time? For what? For what? What have you done? For what? That's a little too crazy for me, and I refuse. So what's the deal? The wage moving I see becoming more widespread. Professor Depine Biswas has studied tipping for a decade. He says this new tipping trend started with the boom of digital kiosks. Yeah, because they switch it around. I remember when we went to the COVID pandemic, everything got locked down. Finally, when they opened things back up, that I would go to my coffee shop I would normally go to because I'm a sucker for a sugar coffee. I just like the way they taste, okay? Don't judge me. But I'll go into the shop, and I remember they turned the little money thing around the credit card machine around and they didn't ask me if i would like to the tip they asked me how much would you like to tip 
and they watched what button I was pressing. My finger hovered over the no tip button, but I felt the pressure was so immense, I reached over and I did a dollar. And to this day, I still think about the regret and how I chickened out. But one of the things I like about this one expert CNN talked to, his name is Mr. Manners, he says, stand your ground, man. Don't give up on it. Don't tip if you don't want to tip. Now, that makes me sound cheap saying that out loud, but I don't care. At some point in your life, you have to be able to say, I just don't care. And Mr. Manners is 100% right for this one. Um, let me let me play Mr. Manners here. This is Mr. Manners. The very concept of a tip is that we are rewarding a service employee who is being paid less than minimum wage. Thomas Farley has a tip without hesitation list, and just three people make the cut. Servers, bartenders, and washroom attendants. Servers, bartenders, washroom attendants. Always tip is what he says. 716-803-0930. Let's go to Aaron, who's calling in from Toronto. Used to be a waiter. Welcome to WBEN. Hello. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to. I'll share a story because yeah, I was a waiter for a little while, and one thing that that person, Mr. Manners, nailed is that we do take a lower wage, and as a result, it's because we know we're probably going to get tips. But so does the restaurant, and the way that they work it is, they made us pay 2.5 percent of whatever we grossed in food sales into a general pot that got spread around the kitchen, you know, the expediters, the host, so other people that weren't going to get a tip. And that wasn't based on how many tips we got in an evening. It was based on how much food we sold. So there was actually an incident with me where I served a a table of 44 people, and the bill was a very large amount to the point where I was able to put a gratuity on it. I'm allowed to say I'm going to put an automatic 15% gratuity, but I Mm -hmm. chose not to, and a lot of waiters will, because we roll the dice. We're like, you know what, I think I did a good enough job. These people might actually give me 20. I'm going to just roll the dice with this. And that was a dumb move because that party, the person paying, chose not to tip me anything at all. Oh, and no. What was the bill, uh, what, the amount you remember? You'd have to do the math, but I remember my tip out. So if you figure out 2.5% of their bill was $14 out of my check. So if we did the math on what 14 is of 2.5%, you know what I mean? You can figure out what their bill was. Um but, yeah, they complained that, you know, the service was slow and the food was cold. Well, you're a party of 44. You didn't have a reservation. You're in a restaurant that usually only sits families of five and six. We weren't really expecting it. And my manager was kind enough to say, listen, Aaron, we're not going to charge you for that, so don't worry. We're not taking 14 bucks out of your check. But when it comes to the entitlement of um, getting a tip, I think it comes down to, like that Mr. Manners said, is your position something that's already being cut back because they assume you're going to be tipped? Because if you're getting a regular wage – what gives you the sense of entitlement other than you're doing your job? Why should you be getting a tip? You know what I mean? I want to go back to the So the people that stiffed you knew they were stiffing you. It's not like they assumed the tip was built into that cost. It was just they purposely stiffed you. 100%. And the guy, oh, I even remember jerks. the guy, I, I remember looking at him. Um, I was, it hurt, man, because I thought I did a really good job. So it wasn't even the money. Because, yeah, I was expecting to maybe get a couple hundred bucks tip. Instead, I got a $14 bill. But it was also the slap in the face that I didn't do a good job and that they didn't appreciate my service. So, yeah, it, and it was a, I remember the guy talking to my manager because my manager went over to plead with him and say, like, listen, if you do this, this is what happens. This is how our bills work. That guy's going to be out for it. And he still was like, nope. You know, next time you guys should have more waiters serving us so our food gets to the table. Oh, okay. Ever since then, you learned your lesson. They could go above 
15, but never drop it to rely on the kindness of strangers. You know, there was that one story where the women walk into Waffle House and they give like a thousand dollar tip to the lady. Do you see that one recently? Um, that's what you dream of as a waiter, isn't it? Someone walks in and gives you a big tip. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I've never actually seen I've never seen what you're talking about, but just hearing that makes me see it sound like, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little jaded, but I don't know if that's actually genuine. It might be something for clickbait or virtue signal, because in my experience, people, um, they don't tip like that. But most people have a percentage in mind, or they'll round up a dollar amount. So it's either I'm going to tip, you know, 15 to 20 to possibly 25%, or I'm going to have a bill that's 86 bucks. I'm going to throw 100 on the table and walk out. You know what I mean? I see what you mean. Yeah, this was purposely uh, designed that way. So they do this thing where they're like, okay, everyone bring a $100 bill, order what you want, and then we're just going to throw everything to the waiter, and they're going to be able to enjoy the rest of it. So you may walk in, and the bill is 100 bucks, but, you know, you give them 1000 and you're like, here you go, boom. You know, have a nice Christmas. It's like a, it's a group of people that do that specifically to give a nice react you know give a nice tip to someone working at like a waffle house it's actually pretty cool that is that sounds especially around this time of year with uh the amount of people that are dealing with you know emotional and mental health stuff working in those roles to have something like that that could be it's something that's not just going to last through the holiday season it's a memory that's going to last for the rest of their life and they'll pay it forward too that type of generosity when somebody receives it you know what they want to do they want to give it to others so if you can be that person that mentioned the world do it pay it forward right there you go. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. Uh, here's the number if you want to call or text, 716-803-0930. Pay it forward. You don't make me want to tip people I normally don't tip, but definitely always the wait staff I tip. There's no question about that. And I always look at my wife and I'll say, what do you think of this? And she's like, uh, that's about right. Or she'll say, oh, that's too much. Or, oh, that's too She's the one that gets to decide these things. I don't know why I let her decide these things. Uh, 716-803-0930. And part of the CNN story, they talk about Mr. Manners, the three times where he always tips. Servers, bartenders, and washroom attendants. Servers, bartenders, washroom attendants. Um, I don't drink. I don't drink alcohol, so I don't go into the bartender realm. But I have been at parties where everything's, you know, taken care of. And they'll come up to you and say, oh, would you like something to drink? I'll say, oh, you know, Coke sounds good. If you have any cherries you can put in there, that's always nice. Yeah, I'll take a Coke. And if they bring me a Coke, they're actually serving it to me. I'll give them a tip because, you know, someone else paid for it. But if I'm going up to the bar and I have to ask for a water, I'm not giving a dollar for that. But the other thing is this last one. And washroom attendants. Washroom attendants? No, 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 no. Why are there washroom attendants? I don't want to look anyone in the eye in the restroom that I don't know. I don't want to communicate with anyone in the restroom. You walk in that restroom, you have one job. Go in, empty the tank, wash your hands, get out of there. I don't want to talk to some strange man that's standing there expecting me to give him money with my hands I just used in parts where he doesn't want to think about. So no, and we can just eliminate that washroom person to begin with, Maybe I'm not hanging out at the right places. 
I don't go to high-end establishments where there's someone standing in the restroom. If I go into a place and there's someone in the restroom, I can guarantee you it's not from that restaurant. And I don't want to talk to them or give them anything. But there we are saying that that's the appropriate thing. And what benefit does that person have? They hand you a towel as opposed to you getting it from a dispenser? Ooh, wow, what a great service. I really wonder, where's the line? It is accelerated beyond all of our wildest nightmares. To avoid tipping, pay cash. But if plastic is a must. You need to own your position. You do not need to feel guilty about it. There's power in saying no. That's right. Stand your ground. Don't feel guilty to say no in a scenario where you don't want to tip. That is some great advice. To be the Grinch in you, that's all you need to do. 716-803-0930. That's what you need to do to be able to reach us here. we got a couple more minutes. All right, uh, let's take some more of your calls on this when it comes to tipping and the times when it's okay, the times when it is not. Let's go to Steve, who's calling in. Welcome to WBEN. Hi, go ahead. Hi there. Uh, Yeah, I'm intrigued about this tipping because I was shocked by it yesterday. I went to uh, buy a shirt online, and it's more of a -a one-of-a-kind shirt. And then at the end of the the thing, as I was putting in my... uh, address and all that to buy the shirt right at the bottom it said gave me the option to tip <laughs> it's just like what the hell is this oh heck is this? <laughs> so and, what was the and, website uh, where were you buying the shirt it was uh from the fur this is the funny part it's from the fur piece ranch from uh yorma kalkinen of hot tuna jefferson airplane and he's got people they're showing for a site on their on their uh, tip on their website, and it was just wow. uh, yeah. There, I've been to this ranch, and that's why I was really shocked by it because you know they're the peace and love generation and everything else, and everybody should be free and happy and whatnot, and just uh, go from there. And wow, I just had a car accident in front of me. Oh, Nobody's no, hurt. Be careful. That's good. Oh, and, can you uh, tell? Are you okay? That was it, though. It's peace and love and everything else, and then they're shilling for a tip. I didn't buy the shirt. <laughs> that was the end of that. Thank you for sharing it. Please be careful. It's windy when you're driving and everything, other conditions around you. Oh, man. You don't want to have a car crash live on the radio. That's like the worst thing to happen. All right. Uh, if you want to reach the show, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can call or text. We only got a couple more minutes. 716-803-0930. One other story I wanted to get to before we head out here tonight. I saw the story in Axios in part of the meetings between the French President Marcon and then you have President Joe Biden meeting together. Apparently, Emmanuel Marcon's visit had something to do with the way the United States is trying to draw more companies back into the United States. So as they say, we're going to look at more technology when it comes to energy. So we need to start creating more batteries in the United States. We need to start creating more chips in the United States. We need to rely less on the supply chain distributions of places like China and other places overseas that really cripple our economy when things go scarce. And when that happens and things go scarce, then you find that it really has a negative impact on everyday people like us. And energy costs go up. 
Everything just is hard to get. And it's, I know, sometimes a worldwide issue. But when you say we're going to rely on ourselves, thus we need to build for ourselves and supply these things, ultimately you have other countries like France come into the picture and they say, well, you know, uh, doing this is pretty selfish of you guys. You're looking very much like America first. You know, like that other guy, Donald Trump. Oh, boy, that guy. This America first stuff's bad for us here in France and Germany. Uh, You might want to rethink your position on this. Apparently, that was part of the trip with French President Emmanuel Macron. I think it's Macron. And I wanted to point out, what's the point of being the president of the United States if you're not looking over our best interests first? Shouldn't we want to be put in that position? And if anything, shouldn't the other countries consider the fact that maybe they take the same route as in, yeah, the United States can help you with these things, but rely less on places like China and Russia. That puts you in a corner and that really hurts you. And you need to be smart like us. And you should be advocating. Oh, wait a second. You are advocating for your country. So as you advocate for your country, you're telling us that we must then put your country ahead of ours as the United States. Forget that. And what kind of president do you want in there that says that our best interests come second to you? That's like a terrible slogan for the United States. So, good. I'm glad that at least we, as the United States, understand that how important it is to try to uh, supply American jobs, put Americans first. These are all very simple concepts that weren't shameful under Donald Trump. And hopefully we can continue on with that concept, even with Joe Biden. All right, that'll do it for me. I'm Ryan Recker. Thanks for letting me fill in here on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. 